This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, bringing you the libertarian perspective on the biggest stories of the week. This week, I found the biggest story, the most important story to be uh, real policy, which I know is out of vogue right now. I think the mainstream media, if it's not... uh, an offensive tweet or um, about media itself. It doesn't get into the 24-7 news cycle. Certainly doesn't dominate it. But Congress, the House passed Kate's Law and the No Sanctuary for Criminals Law. And, uh, and Senate will probably have a bit of a fight on its hands. Kate's Law increases maximum sentences for people, illegal immigrants who come back after being deported. And the no sanctuary for criminals law punishes sanctuary cities by withholding federal funds uh, if those cities don't help the federal government enforce federal laws. So you can like the policy, like Justin Amash, who's a congressman from Michigan, I think, he he said he likes the policy objectives here, but that the laws violate the Constitution. He was the only Republican to vote against both of those, Which and boy, is he getting grief for it. But you gotta, I respect and admire that. And I remember he was, he led the charge against uh, renewing NSA funding. So he lost that battle, but I really respected him for that. And But for me, people ask me, what would you do? We had a caller earlier who said, make it a felony for hiring illegal immigrants. And and he said he was an anarcho-capitalist, which is so surprising because, but immigration is a topic that where libertarians can genuinely disagree. And uh, I'm going to tell, so for me though, I, even if we disagree on what the policy should be to address illegal immigration, to deal with borders, I want to talk about, I want to explain to you that I would never start with trying to band-aid a problem that government policy creates. And it is my view that all of the things that we view as problems related to immigration are strictly a consequence of bad government policy. So I want to tell you what those policies are. Uh, I'm absolutely open to any questions or discussion about the law, about immigration, whatever you want to talk about, I'm absolutely open to it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, Before I launch into that, and I'm sure it's going to be a little heady, I wanted to hear from you. So Binkley, my producer here, has uh, some tweets. So give me a tweet, Bink. All right. Dean tweets... Illegal immigrants keep coming back because there are more opportunities here than at home. The war on drugs and manipulation by developed nations hold, holds back their homelands. That's very interesting. Uh, here's an insight I had a long time ago. I, I just, I was, was absolutely raised by, I guess, my dad is, was kind of 
I mean, I would call him a libertarian. I think he considered himself a traditional conservative. And he uh, he would always teach me, though, and I appreciate this, and I, I probably am not doing a good enough job with my kids, about the true greatness of America, of our country, of the opportunities here, how nowhere else in the world do people have this kind of opportunity and wealth and all of that, and it's based in our freedoms, in our liberty, in just the concepts of liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice are closely intertwined, and that just the existence of liberty and justice alone will result in fantastic peace and prosperity beyond anything we've ever seen. So to the extent that we have had more of that than any other country, we have these fantastic opportunities. And he actually, it's surprising because he he uh, was, <laughs> if anyone were xenophobic or whatever, like old school, um, closed-minded, I hate to say it, but I, I think he was, yet... He recognized he would not ever allow that kind of thinking to muddle his actual ideals and principles and how he talked about it. And he, what he would say was about immigration is that they, they have the right, and Judge Napolitano on Fox says this too, they have the right to work and travel. People have the right, you have the right to, as Napolitano says, his cousin from Italy, to come live in his guest room and clean his house. That That's okay. There's no, you have no right to say he can't do that. The rights, uh, then it starts to get muddled when you have taxpayers pay for roads, for example, then are you allowed to let those people use community roads? I personally think with $20 trillion in national debt, we have not actually paid for those roads. <laughs> we borrowed the money against probably the immigrants' children's future, but uh, but they, it becomes muddled. And uh, But I've actually gone even beyond just our own domestic policies to see what you know, this is the greatest country, and certainly, like, in my father's viewpoint, the reasons and all that I agree with, but I took another step and said, why don't other countries have this experience? It, you can just blanket say, well, they don't have the freedoms, they don't have the Constitution, but it does go deeper than that, I think. That's when I started to really, when I really started to think about the geopolitics, about the power of globalists, let's call them, or an international power elite, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, the UN, uh, other organizations that replace those and manipulate other countries, the economies in other countries, the politics in other countries, to the point where, like, the refugee crisis is 100% a function of our military intervention in the Middle East. I mean, if you do any independent research on that at all, you must come to that conclusion. I mean, there is no other conclusion to draw. So, uh, and I think that we manipulate other countries economically as well, perhaps to keep labor cheap. I mean, if you really want to be sinister about it. So the first thing I would do is discontinue all policies that uh, have a negative impact on other countries, uh, bombing them on their economies, on any of that. They don't want to come over here like this. You know, some people don't like their little communities and want the opportunity. Those were the kind of immigrants we used to get. One of my great grandparents actually went back 
because he didn't, this wasn't what he wanted, but the rest of them stayed and worked hard without a safety net. And that's what you want. You don't want to force people over here because they have no place else to go. That creates this problem, the culture clash. So that would be my first, the first thing I would change is I would change all policies, uh, just have strictly a policy of national defense, have an iron dome like Israel has, and uh, a strict border crossing just to make sure you don't have actual criminals coming over. That would be the first thing. But that, or or there's other things you simply must do hand in hand. I'll get into that. Let me get to a call, though. Uh, I'm going to Will in Canton. Hi, Will. You're on with Monica. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Monica. I really love your show. Um, the immigration issue is probably one of the few reasons why I've left the, the Libertarian Party, um, mainly because I think many uh, Libertarians now have made the argument that it's unco- unconstitutional to have, you know, strict immigration policies. And, and I just feel that, you know, it, it's in the Constitution to protect our borders, protect the citizens, and that should be, you know, number one priority. I'm not sure that's in the Constitution, but... To protect our borders and to protect our citizens? Like, I just, what would you, I mean, I don't want to get into quibbling, but I agree, I actually, here's the problem, is that they they have some, for some reason, tied voting and citizenship around the neck of the right to work and travel. I, I honestly don't think it's a constitutional issue. I think that everybody has god-given right to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't interfere with other people so you should be able to work and travel and uh interact with people have arm's length transactions but why is it so difficult to come over here and work without because without being on a path to citizenship which means then that you are going to be able to vote or that people will vote here illegally at that point those people who were not born here and maybe are not assimilating into the foundational principles of this country, I don't care about the cultural stuff so much as understanding why this country is the best for peace and prosperity, or or at least its principles are, they... They shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I mean, it's just that, why do they have to be able to vote? I mean, what what's that... Be- besides, voting shouldn't be that powerful. Like, voting should not be able to encroach on our fundamental constitutional rights anyway. So what's wrong with saying, hey, man, people can come and go, but they can't be full-fledged voting citizens unless, you know, they were born here, like it takes to be president. Why not make the, the citizen, like uh, Judge Brandeis said, the most important political office is being citizen. So why not say, uh, you know, there's just extremely strict, not racial or ethnic or anything, just a strict, like, you had to have been born here, you know? Just like being president, in order to really understand. uh, Do you think that that the Libertarian Party has kind of embraced the the globalism, you know, not from an economic standpoint, but from just, you know, culturally? Yeah, uh, I've never been a member of the Libertarian Party. And I oh, think okay. Well, I, I misunderstood. I, th- I thought no. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I'm much, much too libertarian to be a member of the Libertarian Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And I think that there's this corporate libertarian strain that you see on Fox News that always come out on the side of pro-immigration and open borders without talking about all these issues that are serious issues that are a function of not living in a free society that make me say, between welfare and everything else, 
you know, open borders is not just the knee jerk libertarian answer. Open borders uh, doesn't take into account that we don't actually live in a libertarian society. And I think that a lot of those um, think tanks and stuff are funded by big business that really wants immigration to keep wages low. I've thought about it and I I hate to be like... um, sound like a communist. (laughs) I'm not a communist, but I do think they that corporations have captured government to the point where the policies uh, are there to favor uh, the corporations. And I think some of the libertarianism when it comes out about that no minimum wage, and no um, bars against uh, immigration, it's not really because of these like one off cherry picked liberties. It's for their own personal gain. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the labor laws, the the minimum wage, the labor regulations, the welfare floor that creates this vacuum that sucks immigrants into this country. And no policies will ever uh, be able to uh, uh, solve immigration problems until that problem is solved and then you won't need other policies. I'm going to explain that after the break. 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB It is um We will have a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. I have 88. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We are continuing to talk about immigration in the context of the uh, laws that were passed by Congress this week and also in the context of my own uh, libertarian viewpoints. And I'm interested in yours, too, whatever your viewpoints may be. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to go to Jeremy in Cartersville. Hi, Jeremy. You're on with Monica. Hi, how are you? I'm just really glad that you brought up the low wages and the labor law thing. And, um, you know, I hate to be a pessimist about this, but um, from my point of view, I don't think that anything's ever going to change. I mean, this is a problem that started with slavery. We need low wages in the United States. That's what this country was built on, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I mean, the whole war on drugs, it's just, a, it's just a give and take with the United States economy, with the prison systems and everything else. If we wanted to end the war on drugs, we could do it. I mean, the cartels are the biggest enemy of the state that we have. I mean... It's just, I hate to be like that, but I don't think that any of this is going to change anything. I mean, this is yeah. just the fabric of this country. You know? Well, I, I I hadn't thought of it quite that way. I personally think that, I mean, yeah, there would be, there certainly would be more equality. You wouldn't have this super hierarchical, very rich structure um, at the top with like lots and lots of poor people at the bottom in a freer right. society that I believe. But I will tell you about this. When you say it's always going to be with us, I agree for this reason. People are uh, squabbling in D.C. about how to solve this problem, but you they're never going to solve it because they don't want to solve it because they, they, they really they want even more than what you're talking. I think you're right. But I also think. There's this whole movement at that level where they're an, they're an international power elite. They are not loyal to a country. So what they want is more and more 
a hierarchical government and if you can undermine the unity of a country not just our country you know but the countries they're coming from and then move them over in big chunks like refugee outposts in middle america where they're never going to just assimilate economically you know they're not just completely tear up the fabric of this country you know and i hate and their uh, countries too the whole you know it's 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 about a world government it is, it is, and I mean, I hate to be um, conspiracy theory, if you will, but I mean, it even goes back to Margaret Sanger and eugenics and everything else, because I mean, you look at what's happening in our urban cities, we're allowing drugs to come into this country. I mean, we really could stop it if we wanted to, and so what it does is it, is it, it really creates a push away from the middle class, and I mean, you have this whole division. Yeah. Hold on, Jeremy. I'm going to let you hang on until the next segment. Let's finish this conversation after the break. This is Monica Perez. You can tweet at me, uh, Monica, at Monica Perez Show. Hang on, Jeremy. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. We're talking about Kate's Law. We're talking about immigration policy. I have been talking about, I'm going to continue to tell you the different government policies that I think are actually the problem when it comes to immigration that that libertarians get into arguments with each other about what is the appropriate immigration policy. Some say no, some say yes. I mean, I've, I've had extreme tweets on one side, extreme calls on the other, all from people who claim to be libertarians. But I, as a libertarian, always, always, always go to the root of what government policy has started this problem. One of one group of policies are economic, military, political, foreign policies that destroy other countries and create economic and political refugees. That we then have a policy of relocating en masse in entirely prefab communities in some middle American place that is just not really equipped for that. People who did not migrate here simply for the opportunity to work hard, but because they had to leave their place. That's bad policy. Uh, We also have... uh, a bad policy in that we don't allow absolute enforcement of your own personal property rights so that the only border that you truly can have absolute enforcement over is further and further away from your personal control. And then you have to agree with people on what laws you're going to make about how to, uh, who to let in and who not to let in. Just if you, you wouldn't have these problems if you could really close down your own property, even if that means your own business, your associations, if they're unanimous and voluntary, even if they're discriminatory, which I do not embrace, but I don't think it's a legal matter. I think that's a moral matter. Uh, and then there, which we're going to get into next, is labor laws, welfare laws. But I did something very unusual. I left Jeremy on hold over the break. So I want to get to some tweets at Monica Perez Show. I want to get to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But I want to finish my conversation with Jeremy, who we both uh, think that the problem, immigration problems are not going to get solved. I believe they're not going to get solved because uh, the policy makers don't want them to be solved. And they spend their time trying to convince us, oh, let's try a wall. Let's try Kate's Law. Let's try this. Let's try that. Go to Sweden. Sweden has masses of Somalian, Iraqi, and Syrian immigrants. A wall is not going to solve that problem. So what is the problem? That problem is their policy 
makers want that as you know maybe it's not a problem maybe all the people want it too but uh but i'm just saying it's always comes down to the policy okay with all that jeremy are you still with me yes i am and i mean i I had some time to think about it i mean you're absolutely right it falls back to policy and just the just the problems internationally and and here in the states that we've always had and and the problem with it is that we're never going to change just like the, pol- the problems with Mexico that we've had. We've always had slavery in the United States, and with what we're dealing with right now with the immigration, it's modern-day slavery. We want cheap labor. And the problems that we're creating internationally, we have an interest in oil and control of the Middle East, and so we overthrow these dictators, and we do all these things, and we create these problems that we, you know, we could avoid by just staying out of their business and 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 the problems that we claim we care about you call them dictators we say they don't people don't have human rights over there they put people in jail without due process and all that and so what are we doing we create you know we explode those places and then we have those problems and we try to justify having those policies it's like leave them over there and all and all these problems that we're talking about, I have no solutions. I don't. All I know is I can identify the root causes, and the root cause with Mexico is because we are so used to cheap labor, i.e., modern day slavery, and the Middle East. We create these problems because we want control of the oil wells and of the Middle East. And I'll so tell. I'll say problems. Two things. The the I uh, just quickly get the Middle East thing. I don't even necessarily think we want the oil and gas, but. Our, the, the, yeah, you want control over it so nobody else has it. And then uh, so when you say we are addicted to cheap labor, let I would like to clarify that at this point, uh, you talked about slavery. I believe we, the people, are... No, 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 no. No, no, no but we're debt clear. slaves. Hold on, hold on. We are debt slaves. So we ourselves spend all of our, you know, so much of our resources paying interest on debt, debt that was created by people who did not actually give us real money, just have the right to print money out of whole cloth. So we're these debt slaves that maybe big corporations are really, really big. Uh, who uh, don't want to pay us enough to do that uh, to support that system then have the cheap labor. So we are we are a different kind of slave in in my I just want to make sure people don't think that we are sitting on our laurels. No, maybe no no no. Yeah, maybe you have an illegal immigrant cl- cleaning your house, but it's so you can hold down two jobs. It's not so that you can get rich off their backs well, and have them peel you grapes. No, no 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 no. And and whenever I say this, I really want to clarify that the problem really lies within corporations and stuff. And I don't want to name any names and stuff because I don't want to get into that. But I live in a town where there's, uh, north of Atlanta, where there are many, many factories, and there's been tons of problems with corporations hiring illegal immigrants. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the corporations hiring them. And that's just the bottom line. And, you know, and so we have created this problem, and it's not the illegal immigrants. they I've worked with these guys. I mean, they are good people. They're, they just want, 99% of them just want to support their families and then have a better life. If these opportunities weren't here, they wouldn't be here. And so, I mean, it just, it just falls on to that the powers to be that they want certain things that allow them to get richer. The richer gets richer, the poorer gets And you know what? Poor. What they would have to do is to make where those people are coming from. Uh, not viable. If they, if those, why don't those people in their own countries? They would have a much lower bar for opportunity there. They want to stay home. 
Why why are they over here? Because they have so little opportunity there. Why? Because their governments are no good, right? Their governments put up these policies. But what do these corporations do? I'm not saying the ones who hire illegals, but the ones who, or I don't know about them, but a lot of the corporations, some of the very biggest corporations have really captured government here and there. And if they, if they can influence policy, they're going to influence policy that keeps a lot of cheap labor available oh, and fluid. Absolutely. Oh, I completely agree. And, and the problem is money and control and power and all these things. And, and that's why I still stand to my, my guns is that it's never going to change because it'll just, you'll get new policy. It'll take a different shape. It'll take a different face. But at the end of the day, it's the same players in the game. It's not the president. It's not Congress. It's the people that control it with money and the economy. And I mean, that's just the bottom line. And so none of these problems will ever get fixed. We'll always have cheap labor in this country. We'll always stick our nose in the Middle East because we're addicted to cheap oil and power and control of the Middle East and global power. And so, I mean, I don't want to be a pessimist. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just. You it's, are, it's, though. But that's okay. I, but, Jeremy, I got to say thank you. I, uh, I think you've definitely got a grip on the big picture. I hope you keep calling my show because I really like it. Uh, and I and I just want to say, like, I think maybe it'll never. Yes, I don't think policy is going to change it. But I tell you what, it, it, true liberty, regulations, tax codes, all this stuff that separates corporations from small business. A small business cannot break in through regulation, through tax disadvantages, through anything that they have to have an accounting, uh, an accounting department or environmental compliance department or um, any anything like that it is a huge advantage to big big companies who can skirt the law or who can afford these big departments aren't a drop in the bucket if we had true liberty just got the government let's start with with getting rid of the federal government in all Anything that is not strictly permitted by the Constitution or strictly, I would go further and I would go back to the Articles of Confederation. Don't even give them the right to tax just simply for joint defense against foreign invaders. Do that and and these problems disappear. But that, Jeremy, I think you would agree with me, is most definitely never going to happen. <laughs> not until we've, we have a true revolution, Ron Paul style. Thank you for the call. Alan and Mary. Marietta, how are you, Alan? Oh, I'm good today. Just hot. It's hot out here. Well, um, you're no funding or anything. If you do that, so you have no funding for Social Security. That means when you're 62, you're on your own. No funding for the highway department. How, good, how many potholes did you hit on the way in to work this morning? Uh, no funding for education. Hey, it's state you stuff. think the you government is the stuff. only way any of those things would get done, Alan? I'm so surprised well, at you. you can do the FDIC. If you lose money when a bank goes, well, you pick it up. You're out of it. You know, you don't. Hold on. Holy, holy, holy. I, uh, I am an I am an anarcho capitalist, but I a libertarian is generally a minarchist. This is what my father was. It's a traditional conservative. There are three legitimate functions for government: police national defense and the courts for resolving disputes so if you're going to talk about the fbi i'm not sure i like the fbi specifically oh the fdic the fdic is a horrible thing the fdic yes the fdic secures your deposits so that you don't have to hold banks to a um standard of security banks 
banks take your money and they tell you that it's a demand deposit. They tell you they have your money anytime you want to demand it. But in fact, they actually go and lend it to other people. It's really a time deposit, which means you're not going to get it back for a long time. If everybody goes and demands their money, that bank will crash because they are engaged in fraudulent banking. The government guarantees that fraudulent banking by telling the people, oh, don't withhold your money from this bank. We will guarantee it through FDIC insurance. I completely think it's a what they call a moral hazard. And I would like to go back to you, Alan, but the connection was not good, so I can't do that. But I'm going to try to address your um, some of your other ideas. Hi- uh, highways, potholes. Certainly, I would not. I think the federal government's highways, I know Eisenhower said it was defense mechanism, the defense uh, function, and that's how he justified it, because back then people did hold the federal government to some constitutional standards, and that was clearly outside the purview, unless you could call it a national defense matter. But for me, uh, highways are simply substitutes uh, subs- subsidies for getting outside goods into your town. It subsidizes global corporations who want to move goods around from big central factories. Maybe it brings your cost down. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, but for me, it's a lot of that stuff. Air, big airports, even the wars for oil. It's a way to take taxpayers' money and uh, create infrastructure that benefits these global corporations. So we could go through every single thing. Social security is insurance. It's insurance that you paid into. Private organizations provide insurance like that. It's called an annuity. You can get it, and you would actually get more if you did it that way, and you'd have the choice of how you wanted it. So I would say there's a private answer to all of your concerns. I think the idea of public goods is a fallacy. So let's keep talking the uh, deeper libertarian issues. Uh, Paul, Bill, Don, I'm going to get to all you, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 72 outside the studio, skies are darkening. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to Paul in Dunwoody. Paul, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Um, I want to let people know that agriculture is one of the biggest money makers in the United States and that we we export a lot of food to other countries. Um, if you've got a full belly in, in uh, Japan or Korea or uh, uh, Germany, you probably have uh, gotten help from American farmers. And you asked about immigration. Uh, a lot of the people who work directly with the farmers are immigrants from Mexico, and they're not all illegal. Uh, many are here on work visas. Yes, and are um, actually exempt from minimum wage laws. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, they're not paid uh, very good, and they have trouble with a lot of issues, uh, uh, but it's better than life in Mexico. Um, And uh, Reagan legalized uh, one or two million people back in the 1980s. Yes, I had a a babysitter who was a Republican because she said Ronald Reagan gave her her citizenship and she is going to be loyal to Republicans. (laughs) That's an old, that's a trick, you know. 
Yeah. Well, we, we, we do need to be careful about letting in too many people uh, a year. Uh, we, we, have, we have apartments that are 94% full in many cities, and we have a lot of schools that are uh, teaching kids of people who are here without permission. But I think, I think we can solve the problem if we uh, work on the borders and then try to help the people who are here already. I think that's reasonable. I uh, I am not an open borders libertarian. I am a no borders anarcho capitalist, which is a thousand year plan. But yes, I think you should secure the borders. I think the problems you talk about housing and schooling and and that I think in a free society with freely clearing markets, those needs get satisfied very, very quickly. I do think you have to help people uh, from a moral basis. And many of those many, many um, uh, of the Mexicans, if not most of them, are Catholic and belong to churches. I know because my son has Down syndrome and a lot disproportionate amount of Uh, New Downs babies are Mexican because Catholics don't have abortion. So I see it. And their churches can help. I'm sure we can do it without uh, the strong arm of government. But let's talk more about this. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.